Okay. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a minute. Hi. <laughs> it's been about a month, I think, right? I think so. It's just been a lot going on. Yeah, I think for both of us, a lot's going on. So here, before we get too deep into that, mm-hmm. I am drinking today. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have the Golden Road Mango Cart is what I am partaking in this afternoon. Nice. It's a solid beer. So out of five pints, I give this four and a half. Okay. I love it. I really do enjoy this one. I'm, and I'm it's uh, probably more three, three and a half on that one. Yeah, see, I, I really, 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 really enjoy it. So that's that's what I like about it. So yeah. it's 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 a good summer beer. I don't know if you'd say this is your hearty winter beer, but for when it's hot outside, it's got that nice, you know, hey, after mowing the yard kind of kind of drink right there, or just a, enjoying a night on the patio kind of thing. Yeah. So so here's mine. It's a Church Street Der Commissar. It's a collaborate commissary, commissary, commissary. Yeah, it's yeah. like the prison thing, dude. That's where you go to do your grocery shopping in prison. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's a cl- collaboration between Church Street Brewing. Uh, I think they're near Chicago, and Will County Brewing. Never heard of them. It's a Vienna style mm-hmm. lager. Will County is Will County in Illinois. Might be. I don't know. Well, I, that doesn't sound familiar. No, I yeah, I have no clue where where they're at. <laughs> a, a heat warning just popped up on my laptop. I was like, "Oh my god, is there something wrong with my CPU? Going to like fry or something like that?" I was like, oh wait a minute, it's just like actual weather warning is what it is for outside. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, my computer's about to die!" <laughs> right after taking the update. Right, exactly. Oh my god, this stupid thing. This. My my kids don't understand. Like they're the most impatient people in the world, and they don't understand that. Like when you have an old ass laptop, it's only got an i three in there. Yeah. Like this is not the most powerful computing thing that has ever existed. <laughs> it's very very basic. And then when they load up a lot of like videos on there or they download stuff, I'm like, you're just bogging down the RAM, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like. There's not a lot of computing power in this thing, and they just don't get it. And yeah. then I was like, oh, of course. Then there's an update now. So Of course. Uh, so what you been up to in these past – has it been a month? Has it been that long? I don't know how I, long it's been. I think it's been close to a month. Probably three okay. weeks maybe. Okay. All right. Well, we went we went to San Francisco, so that was – it was a good no, time. No human feces from what you told me. I don't no. think you told me you saw any human feces on the sidewalk. So the news is lying to me. I was yes. definitely expecting you to find human feces. And what about, um, did you did you witness any thievery going on no. while you were in a Walgreens? No. Um, <laughs> we did go into a Target downtown, and it was interesting to say the least. Because it, 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 You can't say that without detail, so yes, please don't spare. Let's, let's hear what that was all about. So it was on the second floor. Of a of a skyscraper, huh? Okay, that's different. And they had their own armed security team, not just like the one person that just kind of hangs out at the front. Armed security team, wow! Yes. Not like the bridge to no <laughs> target this by some dude that just doesn't care that he's there. No, um, and so like we were just killing time, so we went up in there. Will and I went to the toy department, and there was like nothing. There was just like empty shelves with like. A single Power Ranger hanging on them. Wow! So wow, San Fran, look at that. So interesting. I'm like, all right, well, we're done. I'm I'm going out of here, and so yeah. we're walking out, and there's this little dog just running around. 
I'm like, what the the hell is this? Yes. (laughs) Did it have a collar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It had a leash trailing behind it. So some guy just, yeah, they just, they just, well, they were busy smelling the candles and they lost track of their dog. (laughs) Well, well, so we go down the escalator and we're waiting in the lobby for Aaron and one of the other kids to come out. And this woman comes out with this big cart yelling at the dog. And then a guy's walking behind her and they're just like getting escorted out by security, probably because the dog's just running around because they don't care. Probably, yeah, exactly. And so they don't grab the leash and they walk outside and they start going one way and they yell for the dog and it takes off the other way. And that's the last we ever see of it. (laughs) Did you guys drive out there or did you fly out to San Fran? We we flew out. Oh, we weren't going to do that drive. Okay. No, I was just curious. So did you do all the normal tourist spots? Yeah, we did. It was a lot of fun. We hit like Golden Gate and... uh, Lombard Street and Alcatraz. Um, the Giants weren't there for a game, so we went over to Oakland and caught a game over there with okay. two thousand other people. Nice. That's the all. That's the most awesome way to catch a ball game. And we, you basically you just you just sat wherever you wanted. Basically, we, we walked in. We went to guest services first because for kids, if they go to a stadium for a first time, they give them a certificate and a little okay. a little swag bag. Um, okay. So, and then we just walked out behind the home plate and sat down up in the 200 section. Um, no clue where our seats actually were. So, <laughs> we just sat down. Madeline caught a foul ball. No way. For real? Yeah. Um, That's so awesome. It, it was uh, top of the eighth. We're end of the day. We're just like, all right. I, Aaron's like, I want to go. Madeline's like, well, Byron Buxton's up batting. I want to watch him bat. Um, I said, you guys go ahead. We'll catch up to you. So they walk down and out the concourse, mm-hmm. and not even two seconds later, he hits a foul ball back up that lands right where they walked down, bounces up behind oh. us, hits the concrete behind us, and she just holds her hand up and snags it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so that cool. m- that made her whole trip, just catching that ball. Sure. She's she's yeah, a fan cool. of his. He was uh, pretty big on her fantasy team last year, so okay. she, she was very That's excited. Awesome. Yeah. Did you go to Alcatraz? We did. That was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, was John Johnson there, or you can call him Vicky? <laughs> <laughs> no, and they One went. One of the greatest cameos ever from the dearly departed Phil Hartman. Yes. <laughs> so I married an axe murder, but it's one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. <laughs> my name is John Johnson, but you can call me Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they confiscated my flares that I was going to shoot off, but. <laughs> Nick Cage style? Yes. Nice. Drop down to my knees and crack yep. them. Um, no, it, it was cool, though, because you go on there, um, and they have a free uh, audio walking tour. Okay. So you just go through and do that. Or you can wait for one of their tour guides to come by, and they'll do a free walking tour with them. Okay. So we spent a couple hours there. Fun time. Um, so you hit a couple breweries. Um, we stayed by the airport in San Francisco and that was an experience. Oh, why is that? Um, it was just packed with all kinds, all, anybody you could imagine was staying there, like any kind of class. Oh, so we were at the pool one day and -hmm. I was sitting there reading and Will was in playing. The girls were up in the room. And this large black man and this woman walk in and they have a dog with them. And they tie it to a chair, and the black guy jumps in the pool, and his wife is sitting there, and she pulls out this giant Bluetooth speaker, 
and just starts bumping music. And mm-hmm. then she walks over to the hot tub and she just kind of stands on the edge of it and starts like perking. Oh my God, what a nightmare, dude. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm really witnessing this. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome to yeah. San Fran, dude. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to see a lot of... there. The homelessness wasn't as bad as we thought going in, but it was it was still prevalent. And then what made that even worse was the final three stops on Dead and Company on their mm-hmm. final tour were at Oracle oh. Park. Oh no! So we started and you were there at the same time. We oh, started no. playing. Is it a hippie or is it a homeless person? <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Both. Yeah. So, so we did a tour of Oracle Park, but it kind of sucked because they had the stage set up and like we go down the dugout and it's where they're selling beer from for the people in the field. Yeah. Um, we couldn't go into certain areas. So Aaron just emailed them when we got back, said she was disappointed, asked if we get a partial refund. Like, well, we'll just refund you the whole thing. Nice. So, yeah. That made it worthwhile. Yeah. So, but it was, it was a fun trip. Okay, good, 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 good. I bet you needed a vacation from your vacation is what it sounds like. Well, I wasn't thinking about it. Our plane got in. It was supposed to get in about 2 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I forgot to ask off on Wednesday. (laughs) And our plane was delayed by an hour, so it was like 3.30 by the time we got home. Yeah. So I woke up about 8.15, realized I slept through my alarm, and started working. Yeah, as long as you were able to walk work from home that day, no yeah. biggie, right? Yeah, no, it, and it wasn't a busy day or anything. So, yeah, today is not today is definitely not a busy day. It's just it's you know it's Friday, so yeah. Um, let's see. So since you since we haven't spoken, are we redone our one of our one of our bathrooms is a half bath, so it's, it was it was supposed to be a quick project, and I feel like it was it was a quick project. It went, it went really quick as soon as the drywall work was done. Yeah. The longest part of the process, to be honest with you, was the demo because we were not taking out the ceiling or anything like that because we didn't want to get any of the nasty, uh, like, 1960s uh, insulation <laughs> to come on down from the attic. Yeah. Didn't want that um, asbestos? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll say it like that. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't think it is, but... We don't go up in the attic very often to worry about it. How about that? Yeah. But we uh, well, we had to... The, uh, the old lead paint counteracts it, so it's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, went down to studs, so all the drywall came out mm. so that we could put in new electric. We even put in new breakers on the on the panel um, because every time Jen would run her hair dryer in, our, in the bathroom, it would trip the breaker. Yep. <laughs> I was like, this is a problem that needs to go away. So not only do we fix that problem, uh, but added in two additional outlets in there. So by, by going down to studs, it gives a lot of access to everything we want yeah. to do. And that bathroom never had a uh, a fan in there. Um, now, mind you, there's not much, there's minimal, if any, moisture in there because it's not there's no shower in there. But right. still, when you're taking a duke, yeah. <laughs> you'd have sucked that nasty air out of there. Oh, yeah. So finally, put never had one in there. Put that in there. But the whole reason the project started was because. When we bought the property, there was carpet in there. It's carpet in the bathroom. So I think I told you that. Interesting. So yeah. Oh, poop particles in the in the carpet, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tracked throughout From the, the house. <laughs> so 
everything came out. Went down. To, didn't have to replace the subfloor. Thank God. No, yeah. didn't have to replace that. Got rid of all the old cast iron pipe uh, up to the, where we could, mm-hmm. and then uh, everything was replaced with you know modern stuff. Everything's modern about it. But yeah. the longest part was the drywall. Drywall is the worst thing in the world. It I is. hate drywall more than anything on this planet. Just the mudding, taping, sanding, and multiple mm-hmm. sandings, and and then the painting is just like well, uh, the, the but dust it's such a small everywhere. space. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, the dust. Well, now, mind you, yeah, that was a whole thing. Don't mm-hmm. we 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 blocked off the closed the door, put towels on the bottom, not letting dust out. Put a tarp over the door. Yeah, blocking all the dust. So very actually, to be honest, with you, very minimal dust in the rest of the areas of yeah. the house. But there, then again, once you you know come out, you you know footprints with dust everywhere. Yep. That's very minor, but just some inconveniences that way. Had to put a put a hole in the roof for the new uh, PVC pipe to go through. Had to put in oh not a new one that one was existing. We were able to do that, but a new hole for the uh, the 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 vent fan yes. exhaust out of. So putting holes in the roof was fun. But uh yeah no once once that all happened, flooring went in real quick, plumbing went in real quick, new yeah. new toilet, new vanity, all that stuff. So. The things you worry about when you're a middle-aged man now, these are the things that excite you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Oh, yeah. But man, you think a half bathroom would cost you nothing. But oh my God, everything, just everything. Why is everything so expensive these days? I don't understand. Everything. Yeah. Ha- having redone a bathroom, yeah, I know. Ours is a full bathroom, and it's not even but finished you did yet. A full. Yeah, you did a full. And see, that we, the only thing we didn't do was a shower, obviously, and that so that meant no tiling or anything like that. Yeah. So save money there. Save money where we could, you know. Yeah. We used um, some leftover hardwood flooring from a different project. So yeah. that was nice to be able to do that. So just trying to save where we could, but still, my God. <laughs> so just all the little things you don't think about that add up. It's oh, all yeah. these tiny little things like new valves, you know, new, new new hoses, new everything, you know, for the plumbing. So it's just like, oh, my God, when will this end? <laughs> yep. But we're almost at the end. We're almost done with that whole thing. Just have to put up a mirror and some shelving and we'll be done with that thing. So that took up, that's a real big reason why we didn't get together. Cause when we usually podcast, we were actually working during the evening. So it's not to work yeah. during the day and then do that project at night. So yeah. um, that was a big reason why we didn't get together. And then another reason being that we had to, we had to rush because I think we've talked about on the podcast before, but my kid's school got shut down. Yes. Did we talk about that on the podcast? Yes. Okay. So since then it's been a whirlwind of trying to figure out where they're going to go to school from there. So uh, a lot of time was spent in regards to going on tours and, you know, just a lot of talking between the wife and I in regards to where is a good fit for them. And by the, by the way, make this major decision in about three weeks time Yeah, <laughs> because everything starts, it starts up. It all goes really fast. So finally got them squared away. Um, they have a school they're going to. And uh, thank God for uh, financial aid. <laughs> thank God for financial aid. <laughs> Take pity upon us, <laughs> please, Lord. Take pity upon us. Is all it was. There was a lot of a lot of pity party going on there. Yeah, and, uh, but mm. we don't know if it's the right decision. We don't know if it's the wrong decision. We won't know until we're going to give this year a shot and see how it goes. And then we kind of have to reassess because we're kind of. I don't think we were able to take enough time to make a really great decision. We just yeah. made we just made one because one had to be made. I guess right. that's the best way to put it. So we had that going on, and then could you guess? the possible last piece of the drama puzzle of what I was been going through while we haven't talked. <laughs> I'm willing to guess it's probably in a car. It's on two cars, bro. Two, two cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the kid turned, the kid's going to get his license here within the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get the, the car we're going to give him up and running. 
And it is. It's finally up and run. The Jeep's back up and running. People cannot imagine. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> when we tell them we got him a Jeep, they're like, you got him a Jeep? I was like, it's from 1995. <laughs> yeah. It's falling apart. They're like, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, now it makes more sense. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my children are not spoiled rotten. Yeah. Trust me, they get the crappiest shit possible. It, it's held together with zip ties and duct tape. Dude, sta- staples. <laughs> staples are, are holding the... Uh, the ceiling liner. That's what's oh. holding the ceiling liner right now. So don't joke. When you joke, I'm like, you can joke all you want, Jay, but that's my reality I live in. <laughs> so no, not duct tape, staples, sir. All staples. Right. <laughs> but uh had to do a whole thing. That car was at the shop for a month trying to figure out what to do with it. And finally mm. we got that thing done with the and it still needs some work that we're gonna do on our own this time. We let the shop do some of the work just because we couldn't diagnose it and figure out what was wrong with it. But they figured that out paid them got the thing back but still needs a new muffler just to pass safety inspection <laughs> to get new tags <laughs> so we're gonna go down that road hopefully here very shortly and then while we were dealing with that and trying to figure out you know where the girls are gonna go to school of course the alternator dies on the on jen's car so yeah. I, had to go, I had to replace that and what was funny about that was couldn't find one because my cars are getting old so parts yeah. are not as prevalent as they once were and so there was one that had it. I called them, said, hey, you got an alternator? They're like, yep, got one in stock. I'm like, great. I'll be up there tonight. Come get it. Because I had to finish work, do some other stuff. Yeah. Finish some work on the bathroom. I go up, and it's it's on the big road here in Salem. It's called Lindbergh. I go, all right, I'm here to pick it up. I called you earlier. They're like, we don't have one. I was like, I called you. You said you were putting one aside for me. He goes, oh, oh, man, you might have called the other Lindbergh one. There's two. There's two auto shops on Lindbergh. Uh. And I go, oh, no. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You guys close at nine. It's only eight. I'll travel the extra like three miles up north to go get it. And I go travel up three miles and go to the other one, which is, I'm upset, but I'm like, it's whatever. Yeah. So I was long to get the part and get working on it tonight so that she can go to work tomorrow. That's all I care about. And as I pull in, the dude's kicking people out of the store and ready to lock up for the night. They close an hour earlier than the other store on Lindbergh. Oh. <laughs> and I go, no. No, please. My wife has to get to work tomorrow. I called you. I called you. You said you had the part. You literally are shutting the door right now. I swear to God. I'm not even paying in cash. You don't have to recount the drawer. I'll give you the card. Just run the card. You can. I won't even come in the store. I'll give you the card. You just give me the part out here. It'll be good, man. And he's just like, he looks like he's ready to murder me. He wants yeah. to go home. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, yep. You know how it is retail. You just want to go home. That's all you care about. That whole shift. Yep. I'm going to go home. And the funny thing, he's just like, he's looking at me. I was like, man, come on. You you close an hour earlier. How was I supposed to know you guys close an hour earlier when, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm right down the road. I thought that was the one that you guys said you were at. And he goes, just, just wait a minute. Just wait a minute. And I go, oh, so I'm kind of like reading what he's doing. It's because like the guys that he kicked out, yeah. that he said he wasn't going to let in the store. Yeah. He's waiting for them to go away. And he let yeah. me look. Because he's like, oh, yeah, man, I remember. I, I remember talking to you. Yeah, we've been holding the park for you. And I was like, yeah, man, and I know it's, I know I wouldn't be cutting it this close if I knew you guys closed at this time. Yeah. But luckily he was cool enough, gave me the part. So then I get home and I probably finish the job around 1130 midnight, <laughs> working in the dark on a car is not the easiest thing, but finally yeah. got it all done. Yeah. Oh, Jay, it's been a month. <laughs> but was it at least easy to get to? No, 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 of course not. I mean, it's it's as easy to get to. I didn't have to take a lot of a, a lot of it apart to get to it. The problem is there's no space. Your hands right. can't fit. Is what I'm trying to say in regards to that. So, 
yes and no. Really difficult to get to in regards to how much space they give you to put your hands in there to try to work on it. So I was just like, this is... And it could have taken a lot of stuff out to probably make my job easier. Yeah, but I'm trying to not take the whole car part just to switch out one simple thing. So Yeah, because when we had to do that on the Focus mm-hmm. at a Steak and Shake uh, parking lot in Indiana, <laughs> it took us like six hours to get it out because it was so tight in there. It's so tight in there, yep. yep. And on Ford Focuses, they typically, when you take them to the shop, they do them from the bottom. Ah, that's right. Well, it just depends on where the tensioner is in regards to getting your belt off. Yeah. That's what the hardest part was. Yeah. And luckily, luckily I had small enough tools. My tools were small enough to be able to fit in where I had to, because I'm telling you, I was, in, I was using a socket, that, that, the, the actual wrench part. Dude, I'm telling you, it was maybe a six inch one. It's so small. Trying yeah. To get in there. And it, it doesn't give you a lot of leverage when they're that small. So you're like really having to get you. I was like, my God, this is just killing me. Yeah. But yeah, no, persevered. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I was like, I was like, I almost was like, maybe I just need to tap out till tomorrow. I don't. Maybe I'll do better in the daylight so I can yeah. see what I'm doing a little bit better. Just maybe because I'm just frustrated and I'm just struggling to get this done. But uh, wow, six hours in a parking lot of steak and shake in Indiana—that's awful. It was, it was it was definitely the alternator, huh? Yeah, Man, that sucks. That yeah. sucks so. Much. And I'm sure you had all the tools you needed to get the job done too, right? <laughs> I do now. You do now. <laughs> I had to buy them. Oh no! What a nightmare, dude! What an absolute nightmare. Yeah, it, it was. Luckily, that was a long time ago and before kids. So. Oh my god! Right, but luckily got it all done. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a month. It's been a month, and things are hopefully going to wind down here shortly, and hopefully get into a, a routine. Need to get back into a nice routine. Yeah. Not so much chaos and drama and craziness. So it's good to be podcasting again with you, man. It's, it's, that's my a good way to unwind a little bit, not worry about the, the trials and tribulations of life. Yes. So do you have anything on the docket? Because I I couldn't even tell you. I've not been keeping track of what I've been watching. I haven't, I, I haven't even had time to watch much lately or read much, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, no, I've been too busy. But what you got? Um, so first off, I sent you a picture from it, but I was at Four Hands Brewing for Zane Lamprey. Yeah, yeah, he showed me that. I've never even heard of the guy. What, he, what's he been? He's been on stuff though before. He had a show. I don't remember what channel it was on. It's called Three Sheets, and he would go around traveling and trying different alcohols and stuff. Um, he's a stand-up comedian. He was hilarious. Nope. Um, I went with my buddy Jeremy. He had he bought the tickets in the VIP package for him and his wife, and then his wife had her girls' weekend planned. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Hey, do you want to go?" I'm like, "Sure." Now hold on, did he purposely buy the tickets when she's no. <laughs> he wouldn't have to go with her? <laughs> no. No, because he took her last time. Oh okay. he came during the winter, I think. Okay. So um but the VIP thing, he came out and he's like, Normally the VIP thing is people ask me questions, but I think people find it boring and I really just hate doing it. So we're gonna do drinking games instead. Okay, cool. So he had this one called the Game of Death. And he would say it in a different language, and then we'd all repeat it in English, and then you just point at somebody. And he says a number. And he picks a person, and he goes to who they point to, and he goes however many people for the number he said. So if he said four people, and he picked me first, he would go one on me, two to whoever I was pointing to, and then just follow where they were pointing. And that person would have to stand up and chug their drink. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... So it's not. It wasn't good to like fill up right before the show. 
because there was a good chance you were going to have to chug it. But he also had an out in case you were the DD or just didn't want to chug a full beer. Um, And then he'd pick probably the person next to you. He did that. That happened once during the show. Um, So we did that a few rounds of that. And then he had a flip cup game and talked to us for a minute. And then he had an opener and the opener was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know the guy's name, but he's new to stand up comedy. He just, I think he's only been touring for a year with uh, Zane. Okay. And then Zane went in his routine and started it with the game of death with everybody in the crowd. Oh no! Okay. So, but it it was a good show. He was hilarious. Um, you should look up his stuff. You'd probably get a kick out of him. Okay. It was it was forty dollars to go to the show in the VIP package, and then whatever okay. whatever we drank there. So it, it was pretty nice. affordable too. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And is that is that his niche market? He does it at breweries. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Okay. I. Yeah. I didn't really know anything about him before Jeremy told me about him. So I looked mm-hmm. in a little bit, but like the next day I went over to a buddy's house and he's like, Oh yeah, I used to watch three sheets all the time. I'm like, okay. I've never heard of it. It sounds like a, it sounds like a spike TV kind of show. I think, <laughs> like, a, like a drunk history kind of show, you know, I think it was more like travel channel or something like that. Travel channel, okay. Yeah. Right. Since, since he was going around to different places, trying things. Okay. Well, that's a cool experience. Yeah. Look at you living it up, man. Yeah, San Fran, going to shows. Look at you. Got it all going on. Well, I saw Fallout Boy a couple weeks ago, too. Fallout Boy. Was that at, the, at Riverport? Yeah. Okay. So how was that? They, they put on a great show. Who were they, who were they there with? Um, uh, who was, I don't know who the first two bands were, but then Alkaline Trio. Okay. Well, um, you like them. Yeah. yeah. And since Matt Skeeb is back with them instead of Blink-182, I get to see him again there. So that was fun. Um, was that the guy that took over for DeLong? Yeah. Okay. But wasn't he with another band before Alkaline Trio? No. He's been he's been with them since mid-90s. Okay. But DeLong's back with Blink-182 Blink. now, right? Yep. And they're not coming to St. Louis this year. What? That sucks. I know. Well, I'd with him back with them, you know what I know. I mean? I know. that. And uh, Congress is proving him right. Yes. There are UFOs. <laughs> he he took to Instagram yesterday on that. He did. Did he yes. do it? What did he, what did he post? Um, something about being right. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just skimmed through it real quick. I have no idea. I'm just making the joke because I think I heard the joke elsewhere. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. but I have no clue what happened with that hearing. I don't know. What's yeah, I don't going either. On. I, I probably should look into it a little bit, I guess. But really, what are you going to get out of it? I guess I. I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird. I can't believe they actually entertained it, to be honest with you. Yeah. So Okay. Back back to Fallout Boy. I wasn't I wasn't gonna go, but Madeline's been wanting to. So the night before the show I just happened to go on StubHub. Found two tickets for four bucks a piece. And then paid that price. And then paid another sixteen dollars in fees. Oh wow. Oh well there you go. There you go. Sixteen bucks in fees. But still, now, what was the what was the move? Did you park in the parking lot, or did you do the whole go to the casino thing and get and get the the, yeah. the ride over? We yeah. parked in the parking lot. It didn't yeah. take how too bad? long to get out. Oh really? How well, how packed was the show? I was curious. No, yeah, it's pretty pretty packked. Really, I didn't know they had that strong of a following. To be honest with you, well, there was a wide range of people there, like age. You can get our age that yep. grew up with them, yep. right? I mean, I guess they get the new kids. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. Oh, yeah. did you see? They are having emo night at the ballpark. I did. I don't mean emo pizza. <laughs> emo music night at the ballpark. I was like, "What are we doing these have, days? Oh my god!" Have you seen the shirt? No, no. What's the shirt look like? So you know that like My Chemical Romance logo. It says My Cardinal Romance though. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, this marketing department knows that they have two different generations now. They have our generation that grew up with them, like I yeah. just said, and then they're getting this, this new generation of these kids that like that stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> My cardinal romance. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I <Blame>. cringe. <laughs> so. All right, look at you. All right, I'm trying to think. I don't think I can match you with anything that's fun that I've done. This, I, this is your summer experiences, and I just don't have. I don't think so busy with all this other crap. I know. But the crazy thing is, I haven't been to a Cardinal game this year. Oh, I've been to a couple. I went. To, I've been to three, I think. And man, they sucked in the first two. They, but we went to the one where they played the Yankees. Yeah. And there was a torrential downpour. We it was coming. We knew it was coming all afternoon. And they were actually playing well that game. They were playing really well. It was an entertaining game, too. Lots of entertainment in that game. But I'm like, no, we got to go because we're too far away from where we parked from the stadium. That if we get caught in this downpour, it's going to be awful. Yeah. And we made it to the parking garage like the second it started just coming down. And it was when it flooded on 70. Yeah. Going, going east on 70, it flooded. And luckily, we missed all that going west, going back home. Excuse me. But yeah. That was crazy, but yeah, it, but what are you missing? By not, they're, they're playing awful, so it's not like you'd be go, going to see good baseball, to be honest. So yeah. yeah, I'd rather go to city games this year, actually. And well, they just got their asses handed to them last night. They so, did, yeah. But it's, it's, but it's it's fun. The atmosphere looks like it'd be a really fun thing to go to. Well, it's, and it, it's not a. It wasn't a league game either. It was for one of the cups that they played. The cup, yeah, the cup so thing, yeah. so they don't put the the top line out uh, lineup out there. Mm-hmm. True, true. Yeah, very true. So, um, I think we need. To, I know we touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Did we talk about it last time about the Superman casting or the the new cast? We talked about the original casting, but they've announced more people since then. Okay, give me a rundown of who we got since then. So I know Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner. Yeah, I think oh, I shared my comments with you about that. I think not yeah. on the podcast though. Yeah. Okay, but you keep going. We'll we'll, we'll we'll circle back. Go through the go through who you got. I'm pulling it up real quick. Okay. Superman Legacy. Because um, we talked about Corn Sweat, right? It's it's we talked yeah. about him a little bit. It's Corn just he's so and, yeah, and Rachel Brosnahan. Yeah, and she's marvelous, Miss Maisel. Yeah, right. So she's got a little bit of exposure. She looks like the, she looks the part. I guess she has she has to look for it. So. Yeah. So then we got Isabel Merced, Mercedes Merced. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, she's playing Hawkgirl. Which I don't understand the fascination with that character by so many people. I mean, with especially with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and all that stuff, where she had a lot of play. Yeah. And she's been in Smallville. She's been in the the Arrowverse and all that. I'm just not a big fan of Hawkgirl to be honest. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. even Hawkman doesn't do anything for me, but. I, yeah, I tried reading the comics before. It's just the history's so convoluted. I just can't. I, I don't know which version of them I'm reading or yeah. trying to figure out. So, oh, she played Dora in the live action Dora movie. Yeah, yeah. My kid likes that one. Never saw it. All right. Tell me, okay, so who's Anthony Kerrigan playing? I forgot who he's playing. He's playing uh, Metamorpho. He's so awesome as Soho Hank. Yes. I love this guy so much. He's amazing. I yeah. like this guy. I hope he does well in it. I, I think he will. Um, it's Metamorpho has kind of just been a background character in the Justice League. He was big when I read Justice League, like early 90s when it was like Justice League of America, Justice League International, the mm-hmm. 
Peter David, Keith Giffen, Maxwell Lord stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, and he looks the part a little bit. If you see the yeah. drawing on Google, they put him next to. He, he's got the bone structure in regards to where his eyebrows are and where his eye sockets are down yep. there, the cheekbones. He's got the exact look they're going for. So, and the bald head. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, then we got Evie Gethiji playing Mister yeah. Terrific. He wasn't. He was an X Men First Class. Yes, he was Darwin. Yeah. Which if there was a post on Facebook really recently about Darwin about how amazing of a character he is, yeah, and how pretty much indestructible he is, yeah. But then said this one of his flaws of being indestructible. He just can't, he can't relate to people in that way. I guess is, is what they were trying to say in the little article I read. Yeah, but Darwin's an awesome character. I, I don't. I, does he get a lot of run in the comics? He was part of a big story arc where they were infiltrating the vault. I don't know if you remember like. They were like the next generation of of evolution. No, um, it was from a mid two thousands run, and they kind of brought it mm-hmm. back a little bit. And he got kind of trapped in where they're living, mm-hmm. and then just kind of disappeared. They sent. Last I read, they were sending a rescue team in to get him, but I've never gone back to finish it up because I kind of got burnout on X Men and mm-hmm. big events. So I, I'll go back eventually and finish that. And he's playing Mr. Terrific. Yes. Mr. Terrific's a good character. I just don't, he's, he's just not, he's, he's um, more justice society to me though. Yes. So, but I don't think they're really going for it. I get that gun gun loves the B and C characters. I get that. Yeah. But soups is your a, he's a, he's as a as you get. He's at the top of the a list characters. And I just don't get what we're going to be doing. I, maybe he's being smart, and these are just little nods to the the nerds. Maybe these are nods to the nerds, and they won't be in it for very much. And maybe they just aren't that big of, of a piece of the puzzle. But I just don't get it. And especially going Guy Gardner for your Green Lantern, where you haven't even introduced anybody from the A list. Yeah, you know, we're going to go John. Or 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 you know Stewart, John Stewart or um, Hal Jordan. I don't get why we're skipping to the third guy on the list. You know, if he's even that. if he's even the third guy. I mean, some people would have Kyle Rayner over him. It's, I'm thinking, but from a timeline standpoint, I thought uh, guy yeah, and guy, then Kyle guy guy was second or third. Yeah, that they introduced from. Earth. I thought John Stewart was second. I thought it went Hal, John, Guy, Kyle. Might have been. I don't. I don't know for sure. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Because then after that, you go Simon and then Jessica. Yeah. And then I think they've even introduced another. I it's, I need to catch up on Green Lantern, but yeah. I think there's even another one after that. To be honest with you, and I just don't know who that is. Yeah. I, I love I love Anthony Kerrigan. I love that casting. I have no problems with Edie Kethegi, if That's how we pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good. He's a solid actor. Yeah. Um, just don't. I don't know. He doesn't look like Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific, when I think of Mr. Terrific, I think bulk. I think yeah. a, strong, a strong wrestling kind of guy, like a pro wrestler is what I think of when I think of Mr. Terrific, right? I, I don't know if I go that big, but I okay. part of part of it, though, might be how they portrayed him in the Arrowverse. So I... Uh, that, that, that was it. His portrayal in the Arrowverse, they made him just a snarky... He was just there for the comic relief. Yeah. You no. Know, Sarcastic line when they needed a sarcastic line, which really didn't fit with the comic book version of him. 
No, Mr. Trevick's a genius. Yes. And they, and, they, and they played to that a bit in the Arrowverse, and I get that he was a smart guy, but they didn't play the fact that how smart he's supposed to be. Right. Because um, he was always second fiddle to Felicity. To Felicity, correct. Yeah, see, so... Yeah. I guess, but that's going to be the main exposure a lot of people have to Mr. Terrific is through the, through the Arrow show. Yeah. Um, Nathan Fillion, I don't, he doesn't have the look of Guy Gardner unless he's going to, I guess they're going to put a wig or dye his hair red, I guess. Give him um, a bowl cut. Yeah. And then, or, and then they're going to go with the funky, I, I'm curious what the costume will look like. Um, he doesn't fit the Guy Gardner persona either. He, I don't think so. Guy is a hothead. Guy is all about his rage and his anger. I, um, he's a loyal guy. He's very loyal. He's, yeah. That's his strong set or strong suit is his loyalty. But he he's off the cuff. He's all about his. Ra- that's why he was a Red Lantern for a minute. Yeah. He was a Red Lantern there for a little bit. And Nathan Fillion just doesn't come off as a guy with filled with rage. He comes off as the snarky, smart out guy, which is Hal. Yeah, he's more of a Hal. He really is. But I get what you're saying about age. He's aged out of the Hal character. Yeah, and I think he can pull off Guy Gardner because he does a couple times shown that rage in his roles. Um, he was kind of a jerk, like Guy is in uh, Santa Clarita Diet before he was just the head. He was great as just the head, though. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah a little jerk. Yeah, jerk. and, and he had. And but he, he wasn't a jerk in the sense that guy's a jerk, which is just a guy that will cut you off in traffic. The guy that was a jerk was because he was full of himself. Yeah. That's but, not in, the, in his portrayal there. But, you know, hey, he's a good actor. He's yeah. great. Nathan, who doesn't like Nathan Fillion? Yeah. I just don't know if I like the guy Gardner character being in the movie. But so my my gun light, you know? Yeah. My thought is, yeah, these are going to be like secondary characters because he's a, he said that Superheroes are established in this world he's building. Okay. So it's probably going to be like, I, I f- think from what he said, it's going to be like more of a world tour for Superman going around and probably just meeting up or catching up with some of these characters. Huh. Okay. Um, and I think he picked Guy just for the fact that he could get Nathan Fillion in that role. And there might be some kind of internal thing where they – kind of want to distance themselves from how a little bit still after the Ryan Reynolds fiasco. I think there's so many people that have already forgotten about if you were to ask a person on the street, who's Hal Jordan, they would have no clue. Yeah. They'd have no clue at all. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. In, in, in gun, we shall trust. Yes. Cause again, I, we have to trust this David corn sweat casting. So again, we just have to wait and see how he does. Hopefully, Gun. I mean, Gun did great with his casting with Guardians. Yeah, you know, so hopefully he's got that same magic with this casting. Although, I still think he could have kept Cavill. I think the world would have loved it, but okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's been that's a that's a that's beating a dead horse at this point. Well, so. and the Cavill thing might have come from above too, because I don't know if you've heard about Aquaman and all the reshoots. I heard there's a lot. I heard they did a ton of reshoots. Well, Michael Keaton was the original Batman in it. And they cut mm-hmm. him out and did Affleck. And then Warner Brothers said, well, no, we want to cut Affleck out too because we don't want to give people hope that he could come back. And so They have no idea what they're doing. Why, why? Then just, just, just shelve the movie or just do HBO. Release it on Max. Just shelve the whole thing. And Blue Beetle, could you be less excited for Blue Beetle? Or are you still looking forward to it? I'm still looking forward to it just for the fact I like the actor in knowing this is actually part of Gunn's plan now. He's incorporated it. I'm 
I kind of want to see what they'll do with it and see if it's going to... Who, maybe we get some kind of last-minute cameo with Corn Sweat in there as Superman. Maybe. I, I just, I I am so unexcited for it. I do not care about it. The Aqu- I could care even less about Aquaman than I do about Blue Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about any of it. Hell, but I didn't even make it to the theater for, for Flash. It's yeah. already being promoted on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon already. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just wait. It'll be on Max before I know it. You know? Yeah. So I'll, I'll catch it that way. So, but Aquaman might even be delayed because they want to do more reshoots and they can't do them right now. Why bother? It has nothing to do with what Gunn's going to do. Why? I, Why are you spending? Because they're hoping they'll make another billion because of how yeah. well it did for the first one, I guess. And they're just banking their, their... I think that's what they're hoping for. But I don't think anyone's going to go see it because that... The hardcore fans that would go see it, even with all the problems that they've had with DC movies, mm-hmm. no, it's not going to matter. So it's like, yeah. well, let's wait I for Max. Because again, let's look it up. How did Flash do? Flash had its run. Flash is out of the theater at this point, I guess. Right? Can you really go anywhere and see the Flash in the theater? You might still be able to catch it a few places, but uh, it's pretty much done. I, it I it did Flash not make very much. I know Flash. I think people liked Flash, but they didn't. It didn't perform. It, it was, you were in one of two camps of it. You thought it was okay, or you hated it. The, well, I thought you liked it. I thought you said you really liked it. Or I, it I, now that you sat with it for a little bit, it's just okay? Yeah, it's just okay. There, okay. Um, I keep going back to the parts that took me out of the movie because of Ezra Miller. Yeah. Um, the Michael Keaton stuff was great. Mm-hmm. So okay, here you go. Gross 107 million international, 160 worldwide, 268. 268 is a, that's a that's a dud. That's a bomb. That's, that's a that's a that's a bomb, right? Because yeah. they considered Man of Steel to be a bomb when that made 800 million. Yeah. So I guess if you don't make a billion these days, it's, it's a it's a dud. Is that what we're saying about major motion picture releases now? I guess so, but I think you also kind of have to readjust your thinking because that was the thinking before COVID. Yeah, and very few movies have come back to pre-COVID numbers. Yeah, no, Maverick, Top Gun, Maverick did super yeah. well post-COVID. Yeah, but like, but I'm to, like I, I can tell, like I went to Box Office Mojo to get the number for the two sixty-eight, two hundred sixty-eight million as yeah. far as worldwide, you know, box office pool. But I don't see in here what was the budget, like how much did it cost to make it? Um, um, here, that's what I'm gonna be looking up now. You should. You should pull up just how much movies have made this year. Period. Like well, the top list. Produced, produced on a reported budget of two hundred million. Hmm. Minus minus the reported one hundred fifty million they spent on marketing it. So is it truly a three hundred fifty million dollar budget that what it cost I to make the Flash? Is how I'm reading so. this. So three hundred fifty million to make it. It only pulled in two hundred sixty eight. That is by definition a complete failure because yeah. you're not bring, you didn't even, you didn't even break even. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it turns out the Flash is now on top of the list of the worst box office flops in history of superhero movies. This is by far the worst feat the movie has achieved. Wow. That's what this thing I'm reading. Um, wow. I think the, I don't think they understood how bad the Ezra Miller stuff played with the general audience. Yeah. And they should have played up the Michael Keaton stuff a lot. Well, I think I think they just knew, what could you do? They were too they were too deep in. Uh, most of the movie was shot, I guess, at that point. Once all as went off the rails, right? Yeah. But I mean, they've 
done reshoots before with a different actor in place. I mean, Back to the Future had yeah. a couple weeks of Eric Stoltz before they replaced with Michael J. Fox. And um, I guess, I mean, it's a minor character, but Tig Notaro replacing uh, Chris Alia in mm-hmm. uh, Snyder's zombie movie. Oh, okay. That was all done with green screen. She wasn't on. She wasn't on any of the sets. So I'm just trying to find a, a set number. Yeah, I, I'm probably range of sixty five mil all the way to two hundred. Though this film might be closer to hundred. So now hold on. See, I'm seeing some things now. It says right here where it could have been. It cost uh, one hundred and fifty million. No, see, okay, now I'm saying with a production budget of two hundred million, an advertising budget of at least sixty five billion, the Flash. Must make around two hundred sixty-five to four hundred million of the box office to break even. So, and, and no, it didn't break even. <laughs> so, so I'm seeing the upper end about two hundred twenty million for production. Yeah, but then you throw the advertising budget on top of that. Yeah. Which, why are they spending so much to advertise? Do you really need to spend that much to tell people that your movie's out when there's Twitter and Facebook and Instagram mm. and all that stuff? Do you really? Don't you just need to put a movie poster out on the socials and that's enough? You'd think so. And then how much does it cost? Like, unless they're spending money on putting, uh, like, ads on like NBA Finals or something like that, where they're putting commercials in to have people watch the ads. But no one's worrying about that anymore. Just put it on Facebook or put it on YouTube, and people go will go find the ad to go watch it that way or a, the trailer. A lot of the times, but I mean, if you think about um, Super Bowl, people still yeah. pay. An absorbent amount to get their trailer on Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I don't, my point being, I don't think you need to anymore. No, as long as it was going to be good. I don't think had the, had Ezra Miller not gotten well, caught up in all he got caught up in, I don't think you would have had to spend anywhere near what you're going to spend. But the problem being, when WB made their decision to get away from the Snyderverse and move over to the Gunverse, I think that's a true thing. I think people just said, "What's the point? It means nothing anymore." Yeah, unless they just wanted to see a cool superhero movie. Yeah, and the question being. Was this even a good, cool superhero movie? And from all accounts, people were complaining about the special effects a little bit. Yeah. And once the director came out and said he he meant for it to look that way. Yeah. Maybe it was an artistic choice, and people just didn't agree with his artistic choice. So, well, real quick, back to the marketing budget. I think the point of putting those commercials on NBA playoffs, on Monday Night Football like they do with Star Wars, was to try to hit people outside their target demographic. Because if you think about it, the big time Star Wars nerds probably aren't watching Monday Night Football, no, no, so no. you're gonna get the people that are more casual viewers. Oh, look! Here's this. Here's the new Star Wars movie. Here's the Flash movie. At the same time, the NBA and NFL want these to run because you leak that they're gonna be playing during their event. So yeah. those people are now watching and they're getting the ratings from that. So it's kind I of. It, 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 I just think it's a it's a dated model. I think it's a dated model that maybe I just think instead of having a hundred and fifty million dollar budget for advertising your movie, spend fifty million. Something like choose your spots very wisely on where you're gonna so yeah, okay, I agree with you. Pay for your Super Bowl ad, pay for your NBA finals ad, something like that that you're saying to hit your audience. But do you really need to spend a hundred and fifty million dollars to advertise that movie? Where's that money going? I honestly love to see where that's all going. Yeah. It ain't going to McDonald's or something like that to put it on. Why, why bother? Yeah. That makes no sense. Well, 
here's something too. Um, crap, I had something. Um, yeah. and I lost it. It just slipped away. <laughs> it was gone in a flash. It it is. Anyway, yeah. so I, you know, we, and I think we've all been conditioned now that if they're going to put it out on the streaming service so quickly yeah. after it's been in the theater. If you don't get to the theater, see it, it's not as big a deal. Yeah. All right. I got it. You you said it's a dated model. Yeah. A lot of Hollywood is though. I mean, look yeah. at what's going on with the strikes and what they're trying to do to cover up numbers so they don't have to pay on as much on streaming stuff. Yeah. Well, it's a dated model versus almost there's a counter to that though, being that the actor strike has a lot to do with AI. Yeah. It has to do with the fact that they don't want their image or likeness to be used and generated in a computer where they didn't even do the acting. We right. just type in the just type it into chat GPT the dialogue yep. and then they now have those voice simulators. Like for example, James Earl Jones gave sold his voice or whatever, yeah. right? Where they don't need him to do any of the Darth Vader voice forever because yep. they could just the computer can do it all. They could just go and steal that actor's voice, and they got it. And then just scan in an image of them. Well, and I something Mark Bernardin brought up was yeah. When since they already have it on tape, they feel like they can own it too, and yeah. so that's one of the things they're fighting for is, well, you're using it for this movie, you don't actually own it. Yeah. So. Well, here's something I, I this is me got the tinfoil hat on, but mm-hmm. I think it's an it's an amazing <clears throat> excuse me it's an amazing discussion to have. Could we see where a Hollywood studio goes? Why am I going to pay Tom Cruise $20 million where I can pay this computer programmer $250,000 a year, something like that. Maybe it's 500 at the most 500,000 versus 20 million. And all I got to have this guy do is create a new star, make somebody up their new name. Instead of Tom Cruise, it's Dave drive, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and Dave Drive never even was born. He's not even a real human. Could we get to that point in movies or TV shows where there's not even real actors anymore? Is the technology going to get to that point where we can't tell the difference that when they put a when they produce something, it's not going to look like a video game or an animation or something like that, where everything is computer generated, it's AI, and it looks like it looks as real as can be, but it's not real. None of those actors were ever real. When will we get there, or are we going to get there? I think it's very possible, but it's going to be cyclical then because all of a sudden your programmer, developer who creates this is going to want more money, and it's they're going to unionize, and it's just going to be a big thing. Because if you think, of, listen to the effects people on Marvel movies, they don't get paid a lot, and the conditions are horrible. That's what, that's what I hear, yeah. That's so, I, hear. I mean, what's going to stop that from happening when everything is CGI then. Well, once they unionize, then it's a matter of, okay, but that's the thing though, when it comes to that stuff, there's all, there's going to be scabs. There's yep. always going to be a scab that's like, Hey, as, and as bad as the world is getting and people need jobs and they need money to be able to keep up with how much everything costs. You have that choice. You're going to go with that union or are you going to go, Hey union, you do what you need to do. I can't even afford to live where all this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. That's another point. If it's all done on the computer and you don't need to be on location somewhere, you're now saving that location cost. 
I can live wherever where it's somewhere cheaper to live. I don't have to live in Hollywood or, or California. I can go live in the middle of nowhere, Missouri mm-hmm. and sit in my place where as long as I got a good internet connection, I shoot that stuff on over to you and I program it from here. And my cost of living is nothing. Yeah. You can't tell me if they're going to pay someone. Hey, you're going to pay me $500,000 to live in Nashville, Tennessee to do that production stuff from the, from the comfort of my own home. And I don't have to go in or be in horrible conditions. You're going to tell me that the union is going to outweigh that. Yeah. You know, I, I unions have their place. They totally do. But I'm telling you when there's a choice between I got to be able to have a job at all in this world that we live in now versus trying to stand up for the union. I, I don't know, man. It's yeah. a weird world we're, get, we're getting into getting really, really, and it's going too fast. It's happening way too fast. But then when you, when do you get to the point where everything is animation then and then actual acting because it becomes a novelty? Then you charge more for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you charge more. They're going to be able to charge more. Where our movie stars real people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, ooh, and see all that. So, well, but that's the thing. Will they ever be able to capture the actual emotion of a real actor? I don't know. With AI, I guess, because all you'll do is take all the acting from forever, right? Yeah. And bottle it all up into an algorithm of some kind and spit something out that will look and feel like real acting. I guess. Yeah. So it's weird, man. It's a weird world. So I've been listening. I'm in the middle of fat man beyond where they're at comic con. And they talked a lot about the strike. Yeah. And they're talking about how much like the CEOs that these companies are making. Oh yeah. And like, I, I feel bad for like the small actors that have to work three jobs and shoot at the same time to make ends meet. But I'm sitting here thinking, well, they're not making anything in the movie theaters anymore because it's too expensive to go to the movies. Why not cut back on some of those CEO expenses and apply it to making it affordable so people go and you're actually making money at the theater again? Well, I don't because I don't know that business well enough. Yeah. I don't know if see one CEO's salary is going to make a difference. Right. Well, to change the whole industry. I don't know if that 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 do anything. I mean, that'll make you as an individual feel better knowing that hey, just because there's a guy that sits in an office and sends out an email and makes big decisions, and if his decisions are good, the stockholders will let him keep his job. If his decisions are bad, the stockholders will get rid of him. Yeah, right. Um, it's the whole the model of going to the movies. I don't know who you blame. Do you blame the system of how much does a does a uh, an exhibitor? How much does it cost to say, give me the rights to show this movie in my theater? How much does that cost? Yeah. Because then where they make their costs again, they're not in the movie business. They're in the concessions business. Yep. They're in the popcorn and soda business. And when they cost them 25 cents to, to produce a soda, but they charge $17 for that soda, you know, who's who's gouging who? Right. And are they having a pr- price gouge on the 25 cent soda by a $10 soda because they have to pay so much to get the rights to exhibit the movie? Cause that's how they're bringing people in to buy the popcorn and soda. I don't know how much it costs for a movie theater to put that on, or but it, if there's no if movie theaters stopped paying that much. If they unionized or did yeah. something where they, st- they went to the studios and goes, we can't afford to keep paying this much to show your movies. Right. Then the, the question comes into how does that pr- production company want to address and, and how do they change? How do they evolve? Because yeah, everything seems to be a very dated model because yeah. I love the Smith model of, I made this movie by myself with my own money. Mm. I'm going to go to a place like the pageant yeah, or go find a small venue 
and it's the reason why people want to see this because they know it's a good product or they at least are into my product mm-hmm. and I don't have to pay as much to exhibit it. And they'll come and I can pay, pay an upcharge because not only will I be there when it's, I, I'll be there, I'll show the movie. And you can talk to me, the director, if you've got questions, Yeah. if no one had questions, they all leave the theater and I still walk away with my upcharged ticket to go see the movie. Yeah. And so, if, if the theaters were to unionize, would that just kill the theaters completely because everything will just go straight to streaming then? And but you see what happened with the streaming stuff. Yeah, it, it seems like it got. I think what when Iger was talking about what's going on with Disney, mm-hmm. he he blamed the, the he blamed the streaming wars. He blamed yeah. streaming completely that the quality, excuse me, the quality suffered because they were just in such a rush to put more and more content to keep your subscriber money. Yep. So you sacrifice quality for quantity. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's. But that's the reason why people don't go anymore. Because, like you said, it's just too damn expensive. It has to be an event to go, and that's why Marvel people are still going to Marvel movies because those things matter. Because yeah. it's it's like you've got to go see that one to see what's going to happen in the next one. Because we're all hoping to get the really good product at the very end of the line where we're going. We're paying for that. Oh, this movie's okay. This movie's okay. Endgame was amazing. You yeah. know, and we would have missed out on so much had we not watched all the stuff leading up to it. Marvel has more of a sports model where. A lot yeah. of these other movies are like the regular season where you get to Endgame, which is like the Super Bowl World Series. Yeah, 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 completely. completely. Another industry that gouges prices and makes it impossible for a family to go. Oh, as far as the comic book industry? Well, no like, no, like sports. Oh, sports. Oh, God, yes. I mean, that's that's an elite. Well, depending on which sport it is. I mean, baseball can get away with it a little bit. Mm. Not, not from a concession standpoint, but from a ticket standpoint. Well, yeah. Just because there's so many games to go to. Yeah. Where versus basketball and hockey or maybe even soccer at this point, there's just fewer games to go to. And when there's fewer events to go to, you have to charge more to make up for that difference of there's just not as – you just don't get the longevity of it to be yeah. able to charge that price. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's impossible, for, especially for a hockey game, an NHL game. Mm-hmm. Unless you're super wealthy, it's – it's crap because you're talking about a probably grand to go to a game now. Probably grand. I mean, for, for tickets, concessions, parking, all of it. It's yeah. ridiculous. It costs. Yep. When did everything become a grand? That's what I want to understand. Why is everything one thousand dollars now? Everything. I, everything seems like it's a grand. I don't. So know. ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. But is that, is that us just being old crotchety men where we're just getting sick of the world the way it is? <laughs> Could be. And every generation is having the same conversation we had about just how the world's changing and we don't like it. <laughs> but one thing that has changed with movies is there's not the dollar theater like there used to be either. True, true. Because we, we'd see a lot of movies at the dollar theater. Yeah, let it, let it go through its run. Just yep. catch it towards the, the end of its run just to get those – to let the family go, to let that family that couldn't afford – because yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's not a family – it's not intended for a family event movies were more of a dating thing that was you and your partner yeah. going to a movie for some it was a special thing to go do yeah but you take that price of two people going to the movie multiply that now by five you know six something like that to me how many people are going yep it's just astronomical and yet getting rid of the movie the dollar movie that's a big deal yeah. can you name a dollar movie theater anymore no i can't no yeah. because there's the um, one there was the one up by you and there was uh saint andrew out by us and they're both closed. Yeah, well, which I saw on a sign that Andrew might be coming back. That it would be, be great. Yeah. Now there is still the drive-in movie theater. I think. Where's that at? Is that over across the bridge? Or is that on our side of the bridge? I, I think it's remember. across the bridge. 
but they do they do something special with that though where I, I don't think concessions are horribly you know expensive but they do where they give you a double feature at least yeah. they give you two movies for the price of one that's yeah. at least giving the family a value and I don't remember if they charge per person in the in the in the car. I don't remember if they did that or not. If they just charge one price for the car to get through. I think I they did because there was a point like in the seventies and eighties where people were hiding in the trunks. Sure. Well, I mean, you got to. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like hiding your candy in your in your jacket. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not buying candy at the concession stand, right? Yeah. Because you have to know that people do that. Which, again, they have to to make it. Because why would I bother? Why? Why? Why would I, as a, as a consumer, spend that much money on a on some candy? Yeah. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But, but but we still pay for the popcorn, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're stupid like that. But yeah, so. it's a, it's interesting. The world, the entertainment world, is going to go. Yeah. But I'm I'm curious if the comic book world will go the same to stay on our you know stay stay on our wheelhouse as far as will they stop paying these writers and these artists the way they pay them as far as generating content? Will they let AI draw the books and write the books. Yeah. Don't have to, you know, don't have to pay writers like, you know, what did Bendis got a ton of money to go over to DC, right? Didn't he get a really fat paycheck to go over to DC? Oh, I'm sure he did. You know, those, 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 those exclusive writer contracts. Yeah. Maybe those are the past. Yeah. Maybe. But I, I don't know, but I thought comic book writers were not part of the, they're not part of the writer's union. No, they're so, not. And then they don't have their own union. I know that. Yeah. Just like animation isn't part of the writers or uh, oh they aren't oh okay. I didn't no. know that no they have they have a separate union oh okay so it's just all happening it's it, it's all stuff that could happen it's a matter of is that what people really want I I, I wonder I don't know as far as the evolution of AI <clears throat> is that really what the what society wants is it really going to make our world better yeah. Or is it just really going to destroy so many people's lives? I understand survival of the fittest. I understand a capitalistic society where you have the right to make as much money as you can. But if you eliminate all the jobs and no one can get a job because of technology or AI, what are people supposed to do? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Uh, Terminator? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Humans versus machines? I, I, I guess. I Is it is it art imitating life? I mean, t- when you were in San Fran, you sent me that picture. That was a self-driving car, I think is what you sent me, yes, right? Yes, that was a self-driving car. How far away are we, man? Yeah. I, you know, and is it is that what we really want? Or can we as humans go, guys, this is stupid. We're, we're going to kill our, we're going to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to have any way to make money to support their families. And, and those self-driving cars are taking over um, ride-sharing. Those, some of those were like the equivalent of an Uber. Yeah. So. Well, I, I guess because then, from an insurance standpoint, who's really insured? Is it? I guess the owner of the self-driving car yeah. is the one that's at fault. The the company, I guess. But, but, I'm the, but I go, but I didn't do it. This, the the car did it, not me. Yeah, you know. So I'm not at fault. How does that work? <laughs> there, there. I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for self-driving. I'm not there, ready for that. There yeah. were cameras all over those cars, so they yeah. got every angle covered of it. Sure, I'm sure there is, but I'm still, I'm not ready yeah. for that. I'm yeah. No way. Because, hey, like my computer did. Oh, all of a sudden, oh, I just need to do a refresh for no reason. <laughs> you know, technology does funky stuff all the time. Yeah. Things just break. Technology can just break. Well, in something like a self-driving car, people are unpredictable. So yeah. if, if it's not going quick enough and it gets cut off, it's going to slam on its brakes. Yeah. What happens to the car that's then behind it? <sighs> run into the back of it because the other car get, 
cut off. Yeah, but I'm glad it's out there in California, not here. Stay out there. Yeah. Just let all the weird shit happen out in California. <laughs> they can have all of it. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. They can have all of it. <laughs> that, that place is a weird world to me, man. Oh, weird it place. is. So. Not just the people, just the, 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 their way of life, I guess. Just weird to me. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, we went off on a weird tangent there. So no, that's all right. Anything else, <laughs> anything else it's, on the docket? It's interesting stuff. So it is, it is, and it's just, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess we're kind of just we're that we're that generation that just is seeing this evolution happen so fast. Yeah. So, because I was just listening to a live stream of a, this thing that I watch for computer building, mm-hmm. and the guy was like, "You don't realize it, but 2007 was when the first iPhone came out." And he watched the Steve Jobs um, hmm. presentation. I'm like, that's just not that long ago. No, it's really not. Not that long ago, right? And you're just like, man, look how far it's all come since then. Ooh. Yeah. It's 20 some odd years later, you know, it's going to be like 20. And it's just like, now we're talking about AI and robots and being self-aware and yep. Terminator Skynet's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. I'm not doing it. Fight the machines. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god! So, yeah, crazy times. Yeah. So, what else you got? I gotta get off that topic. There's the, yeah. That's a rabbit hole. We can't go down too deep, I guess. <laughs> I'll, I'll touch on a few things I've watched and read, but I'll save most of it for next week because we've gone kind of long already. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I guess we have. You're right. My yeah. Bad. So, um, Will wants to see the new Indiana Jones, so we've gone back and we're watching the originals. Temple of Doom is so good. It's so good. I love Temple of Doom. It's that's the the trilogy is one of the, I, I want to include Kingdom. Yeah, you, you, I guess he'll want to watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull too. I guess, but um, the original indie trilogy. I sometimes go backwards. I kind of like it three, two, one in that order the most. I think I'm three, one, two. Okay, just for the fact. Well, three was the original one I saw. I saw it in the theater, so that always yeah. will be there. Maybe when I rewatch it with them this weekend, it might change. Yeah. But man, Raiders is just so good. It is really good. It's a, it's a Spielberg classic. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, and I just finished season two of The Bear. Yeah, you told me about that. I haven't even seen season one. Oh, But I know it's super to. popular. I know everyone loves it. What makes it so good? Why does everyone love this show? Um, Especially when you're not in the restaurant industry. It kind of shows you what looks like a realistic view of it, but there, like season two, was a lot different than season one. Season one, the the main guy takes over the restaurant from his brother who commits suicide. Oh, okay. By the end of season one, he's ready to do his own thing with it. So season two is about building this new thing out of the original. John Berthall in season two plays his deceased brother in a flashback. And it's it is the most intense episode of a TV show I've seen probably since Battle of the Bastards. No way. Come on. It's about a restaurant. Those are two completely different levels of shows. No, I I know, but it was just as intense and you're just on edge the whole time because it's a flashback to Thanksgiving or Christmas. Hmm. And it's just tense the whole time. Really? Yes. Really? And then, involved. I'm sure you do it. It's an intense scene, man. Oh, there you go. And then the, the guy for it. 
season two finale is them opening the restaurant, and it's intense uh, too. Really? And so they're making for Mag. They're making this much drama about a restaurant, huh? Yes. Did you get your brother's take on it yet? Does I haven't. I don't know if he's going to want to watch it because it might be a little too close to home being in the industry. It takes a special soul. It, it does. takes a special soul, especially for how long he's been in it. I can't believe he's. I guess he's going to be a lifer. I don't know if he's I like, think I guess so. What he needs to do is become become a private chef or someone super rich on an NBA team or something like that. That's what he really needs to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then I watched sixty five. That uh, I did too. I did. I remember. I did watch that. That was okay. It was okay. I, that. I was hoping there's for couple, more. There's a couple jump scares. They got Jen. She jumped yeah. a couple. I I don't know. I was expecting more out of it, and I just was kind of let down when it was over. Oh no, man! I liked it because it was a Netflix. I was like, "This is a perfect Netflix movie. This is not a this is not theater worthy at yeah. all." I agree with oh, you there. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely not theater worthy yeah. whatsoever. But for a Netflix movie, I was like, "This is where it belonged." It's, yeah, yeah. Dude. But again, I'm the target audience. You got dinosaurs and you got fighting and stuff. I was like, "Yeah, heck yeah, let's do this." Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it more than I probably should have, but I'm, I was the audience for it. Now, and am I, am I saying it's the best movie ever? No, 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 God no. But yeah. it's still enjoyable. I liked it. I'm glad you brought it up because I would have totally forgot about it. Yeah. Um, and then a couple things I read or I'm in the process of reading. Um, Tinian has a DC black label book called uh, The Nice House by the Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it, told me about that one. It's crazy. It's more. Is it, is it, is it horror? It's yeah, it's considered horror, but it's more of a psychological thriller type thing. Okay. Um, I don't want to tell you too much about it because I went in completely blind. And is this a book or is this a graphic novel? It's an ongoing book. Oh, so it's a cop. It's a yeah, novel. It, okay. I didn't. Yeah. Know. The thing you sent me, I, I looked like it was a book, or was that just a synopsis of something that you clipped from somewhere? That was a synopsis I clipped. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. So. So how it, many how many volumes are we in on trades? I I don't know. I'm reading it digitally through my library. Um, okay. God, it's it, it's really got me drawn in. I'm going to the Zon. Give right. me a second. We'll see how many how many I can find here. Because I jumped off of uh, someone's killing children. Because that feels like that was going on. That, what the, how many trades is that? That's like almost like five trades now. Five or six. six. Yeah. I think I have four. I've read five, and I okay. think a sixth one is out. And then it's got a kind of a prequel series too with it. I like the art that I'm seeing. Yeah, I like this art a lot. Who's the artist on this book? Let's see, Al Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Yeah, I, don't know, I can't. His art it looks familiar to something, but it's mm, Michael Larkish maybe or or Sean Phillips I guess. Me, yeah, yeah, maybe even less clean than those guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Because you know what book we need to worry about is uh, what was it? Fish flies? Has that come out yet? I think the first issue's come out. I haven't read the free comic he's, book. It looks like he's drawing it too. Is he drawing it? He might be. It looks like his art. And yeah. I love when he does the. I love his art so much. Yeah. Um, another one I found through my library's digital app is called Dual Power Bomb. Dual Power Bomb. What is that? It is an image comic from Daniel Warren Johnson. He's got something big coming. Oh, he's doing the new Transformer series for Kirkman. Okay. Um, Which okay, hold on, pause. Okay, okay. Pause. Transformers, the comic book. I thought the rights to write those or publish those are owned by name the company. It's not 
It's not Image. It was IDW. I, okay, so does IDW still own the rights to publish that book? No. The rights ex- they sold the rights. The rights expired, I believe. And oh. so Hasbro took it out in Kirkman at Skybound. Uh, got the rights to it. The rights to that so and GI Joe. Okay. So well, yeah, because yeah, Hasbro. So I get yeah. that. So, so Kirkman has the rights to GI Joe mm-hmm. and Transformers, and he's going to be writing a Transformers book of some kind. He's not writing it. He's publishing it though. So it's not even him writing it though. Okay. Yeah. Because again, you and I both, it was so funny when you texted me that you showed me the the picture of those two issues. I swear to God, that that same day I bought those two issues. I was like, this is so crazy that you did that. Because I have not, now mind you, I haven't read it and I don't know anything about it. I didn't either. I just knew that was Kirkman's new book. And I'm like, you know what? With Kirkman, you might as well give the first book a shot and see if you like it at all. Yeah. And just kind of go from there. So somehow the Transformers. And G.I. Joe book are going to tie into Void Rivals? Yes. And this, and this is just, how does this book tie in? Did you, do you know anything about how they tie in together? No. There's a moment in the first book. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. But I really don't know how it's going to tie in. <laughs> there's a moment. <laughs> and there's a tie-in, but I don't understand how it's going to tie in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's too funny, dude. That's too funny. Oh, yeah. my God. I think I'm seeing Nice House on the Lake. I'm mm. only seeing two volumes on Amazon right now. Okay. But now, mind you, the first one came out in 22, like March of 22, I think is what it said. And so, the second volume is March of 23. Is he? Is this a slow book for him? It might be. Well, let me, let me double check when this thing came out. Yeah, March 1 of 2022 was the publishing date for the paperback, mind you, for yeah. Nice House on the Lake Volume 1. Nice House on the Lake 1. Yeah. And then when I go to Volume 2, it's March of next year. I guess this is just a slow slow burn for him. He's I guess just going to so. drag that one out, one per year kind of thing. Which is fine. I mean, he's, yeah. got, he's got enough other stuff he's working on. Okay. So. But, worth, worth, but worth, is this now, is that a shelf book I need to pick up and actually mm-hmm. add to the collection, or is that more get it from the library and just read it? I would get it from the library first and see what you think. Okay. So then this is a psychological thriller is what we're going to say it is. Yes. Okay. And then, sorry to jump into right. it again, but Void Rivals, can you give me a synopsis without spoiling it? Or is it saying anything about it's going to spoil the book for me? No, no. Um, you start out with a character that crashes on a planet um, after he was being chased. You find out that someone that was chasing him also crashed. They're from rival planets mm. and it's kind of them meeting each other and learning about each other's cultures a little bit okay are they are they humans or aliens they're humanoid humanoid they're not humans oh, okay. alright so is this going to be too is this going to be Morrison type weird or is this Kirkman type accessible which is why I, I love Kirkman books they're super accessible Kirkman accessible nice yeah. okay I'm yeah. a fan of that alright yeah cool 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 alright so alright out of five comic books, how many comic books do you give Void Rivals number one? Three? Three it, out of five. It's kind of the set. It doesn't sound good. Uh-oh. You, you were not impressed is what it sounds like. Um, issue two was better, but it's kind of building up to the story. So it's okay. the origin stuff that's always not. I always feel like the second arc is usually better than the first on something like this. Okay. All right. So, But you're going to hang around for it, you think? Um, at least the first arc. I'll see after that. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So then back to do a power bomb. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. We I, get, man, we're, ta- we're tangenting a lot. Uh, I know. Well, because I brought up Transformers and that yeah. pulled us in. Um, yeah. All right. So, do a power bomb is about a girl whose mother died in a wrestling ring uh, on a move gone wrong. Oh. Okay. And she wants to become a wrestler, and her dad and her uncle will not mentor her. So she's kind of doing it on her own, trying to learn it. When she meets a guy who said, if you wrestle in this tournament, I can bring your mother back to life. So it's she she gets a partner who is actually the one that was responsible for her mom's death. Mm-hmm. And they enter this tournament to try to bring her back. It looks like this is a limited series. It was. It, it was a one and done thing. Okay. And it's by the creator of Murder Falcon. Have you heard of Murder Falcon? No, I've not. I never heard of that either. So, it's the wrestler it's the wrestler meets Dragon Ball Z in a tale where the competitors get more than they have ever bargained for, is what it says for the sales pitch. It's I'm not a big Dragon Ball Z guy, not a Dragon Ball Z guy at all. Yeah. I like the wrestler. I like that. Yeah. So Daniel Warren Johnson has wrote uh Better A Bill from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going through seeing some of his other stuff. A lot of image stuff. Uh, he did the Jurassic League, the Dinosaur Justice League, kind of. Oh, that's awesome! What the hell is that? I need to read that. Is that somewhere to get? I want to get that. I'm sure that's it awesome. is. Um, there's at least five issues of it. Started in 2022. Oh, there's issue six. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of. Oh, you did Wonder Woman, Terra Morta. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So. All right. So hey, I want to read a couple books to you here, real quick. Okay. I didn't pick it up. I almost did, but I'm trying to save money as much as I can. Yeah. I only picked up Void Rivals because I was like, it's a Kirkman book, and I really want this one. Yeah. But I, I'm trying my best to not buy any books right now. Yeah. Because we're trying to cut back on everything. But uh. Tenement came out. The first issue came out. I didn't grab it. Did you grab it? That's the uh, new Jeff Lemire book. That's in that universe. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, I don't remember what universe. You seen uh, that spark a memory of some kind that we talked about that? No, but I. S- Bone, yeah, Bone a bit. yeah, it's Bone Orchard yeah. universe or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So that's. I'm so sad I didn't pick it up. I was hoping you did just so you could give me a review on it. I'll I'll wait for it to get to the library at some point in life. Yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna do. Um, and here's did you have you heard of New Burn? No. It's a Zdarsky book, so that's why I'm wondering if you if you mm. ever heard of it. Um, this cover I'm seeing for issue number nine. Yeah, I guess is what this is. This this cover looks awesome. The art looks really cool on this cover, so I'm wondering what that's all about. And then there's Nightclub. That's a Millar book, Mark Miller, Mark Millar, whatever you want to pronounce it. Yeah. That looks badass. If you're looking at the cover of that one, that nightclub number six is the double. It's a special double size finale. Cause you know how Mark, he does his books. They're all going to be short ones like that. Yeah. Which I'm a huge fan of that guy. That guy gets it. He understands how people read these days. Yep. It's hard. It's so hard to either jump on in the middle of a history or, to stick around for a hundred issue run or, you know, 200 issue run. Mm-hmm. He just gets it. He does. I, I like how he does his, his specific way of doing things. Um, old dog. Have you heard of old dog by Declan Shelby? No, this cover looks badass. I love this cover. Image always, image usually does have good cover work on a lot of their books. Yeah. Really, they really do. I'm trying to, um, f- 
I did pick up a new Millar book. I don't remember the oh, name oh, of what it. Was that? I'm, I'm trying to find the name of it. Um, mm-hmm. Just came out, and it looks like it's pulling everything together. Yeah, his Millar versus yeah, yeah. Because I thought that was the whole point of re- relaunching um, Nemesis. Nemesis, yeah. Wasn't he going to have a big universe where everything is all interconnected now? Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's how it was going to be for the Netflix stuff when it comes out. Oh, okay. But he has a comic that just came out. I can't find it now. Um, that is supposed to do that. Oh, this this book looks cool too. A righteous thirst for vengeance. It's Rick Remender, man. It looks cool. Mm. This looks like this looks right up your alley. Oh, here righteous it is. thirst for vengeance. What a great. Oh time no, okay, for okay, it is big game. It's a sequel to Wanted that ties up everything. It ties oh, together everything. What's it called again? I'm sorry. Big game. Big game. Yeah. Did you and you picked it up? I picked it up. I haven't read it yet because I wanted to read some of the other stuff first. Let me look here. Oh, it's censored. <laughs> it says censored on issue one for the cover of it. Wow. The comics event of the summer is here. It was just released on July 19th. So that's yes. still very recent when it came out. Yes. Okay. This is, this is so top secret. We can't even show you the main cover because it spoils something massive. Just trust us when we say that this is going to be the comic book event of 2023. And it's not what you're expecting. Does the crossover really go that wide? Yes, it does. Big game pulls together. Kick-ass. Kingsman. Nemesis, the Magic Order, and all the Malar World franchises in one special event. Bruh. So I, I got it now. I gotta go and see if I can find the damn issue somewhere. I hope it's somewhere still because it's only, like I said, it just came out on the nineteenth. How many was yeah. is that? Three Wednesdays ago now. Hold on, Not that even. was just last Wednesday. Yeah. No, two Wednesdays. Two Wednesdays ago. Two Wednesdays ago. That should still be out of shop. It should right? be. If you can't find it, ears, let me know and I'll look at bugs because okay. that's where I got it from originally. Oh my god! I See, gotta get that right. At I least the first issue. I didn't start it yet because I'm missing one issue of Nemesis. So I gotta track that down. I wanted to finish that, and then I was gonna jump into. I think this. I have all. I think I have all the Nemesis. The the, the relaunch one. I yeah. think I have every book. I, it was only like four. I wanted only like four or five issues, something like that. Five or six. Uh, I don't know. It might have been five, and I think I'm missing issue three. I don't have to look. Man, this look, but the crazy thing is I don't have I never read Magic Order. Mag, I think Magic Order is a couple of, like two different volumes. I think so too, and I'm pretty sure that's at the library. Yeah, at least uh, ours I can get it from. Man, yeah, but I like Malar stuff so much. I usually try to make his shelf books. But the thing is, the thing that's driving me crazy is if you go if you're on um, Image's website, they got Fish Flies as the border on everything. So I guess they're ready for their big uh, yeah big launch in that because it's already on issue number two. Yeah. Gideon Falls. Is Gideon Falls part of this universe, I guess? I think the so, too. Universe? I think so. Everyone's got their own universe, and I can't keep up. I don't know, man. Yeah, I know. So, all right. One last thing I want to tell you about. A book sure. I read. I read it. I took it on vacation with me, and I had it done before we got back. It's okay. called Kanye West Owes Me $300. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds so ridiculous. It is. It's the story of this rapper named Hot Carl. He was Hot a Carl. white Jewish rapper from California in the late okay. 90s, early 2000s, coming up at the same time at Eminem. Yeah. He got signed to the same label, and it was because they were buying up all the white rappers at the time so they wouldn't have competition for Eminem. Yeah. His music was really good. He had all these great stories. 
Kanye West seriously owes him three hundred dollars for like an Uber ride. Really? Yes. From before <laughs> Kanye was big, because Kanye actually big. produced a couple songs for him when he was trying to get into rapping himself. Okay. So it was hilarious. I mean, he doesn't take anything too seriously in his career. He's like, okay. just the fact that I got to do this was awesome. So okay. the book starts out with him at a doctor. They found three masses on his brain because he was feeling tired and stuff. And the doctor's like, there's three of them, but we're only concerned with one of them. He goes, oh, much like Destiny's Child. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my, my doctor didn't laugh at the joke, but I found it hilarious. And so he talks about like that's telling a good joke. No, that's a good joke. I like that one. He's like, so at the end of the book, it's him telling his mom about these three legions. He's fine. He's he's actually a writer now for like websites and on music and stuff. But he's like, so I told my mom about the three legions, and I made the same joke. She didn't find it funny either. <laughs> How did you even find this book? I was at Half Price Books, and I was looking through the music books, and I saw it. I'm like, this oh looks hilarious. And so I'm like, I'm not going to get it this time, but if I come back and it's still here, I'm going to get it. And it was, and it was six bucks. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my God. He owes me 300 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, he, he worked with big name people. Like he, he talked to RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan about producing a track for him. Oh, He's like, know. It, nothing ever came of it, and he met Rizza years later and said, "Hey, I, you were going to produce a song for me, but it just didn't work out." And he goes, "I don't remember who you are." Full <laughs> <laughs> honesty, I like that. There yeah. you go. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. So, I don't think that's what I'll be reading. I prefer your synopsis over probably reading it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, well worth it though. It was a funny book. Man, I'm trying to remember if there's anything I can share with you, movie wise, that you. I've seen that you haven't. Um, I've been watching a lot of the paranormal activities. Yeah. Just because I think I touched on that the last time we talked. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm almost done. I think I, I watched one that didn't, it, it was kind of really cool in regards to if you watch the series, it kind of looped back to the very first one. But the okay. first one's not even really the first one. That's what gets this thing. It's all about the timeline. Paranoia 2 yeah. is a lot about this timeline. They're doing a cool job of kind of tweaking with it a little bit. Hey, I got a question for you. Kind of off topic, but you mentioned timelines. Mm -hmm. Did you know Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark? I never... That doesn't make sense. So, they were talking about it on a Fat Man on Batman. Apparently it's a prequel to Raiders. And it's before he starts becoming the archaeologist, it's him being more of a mercenary trying to make money. What? Yeah. I had no clue. It does say that. It is the second installment in the Indiana Jones film and series and a prequel to the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I never knew that. Yeah. No. It doesn't make sense. No, but I, I mean, I haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet, but I've heard people complaining. Oh, here you go. Oh. CBR did something on it. Okay. According to George Lucas, the reason why Temple of Doom is a prequel boils down to the fact that the creators didn't want to use Nazis as the bad guys again. Okay. Huh. Hmm. But if you watched it in that order, would it make sense? I think so, because they said 
by the end of Temple of Doom, he's not doing it to make a profit. He's trying to save those kids. And that was kind of the turning point in his career where he wanted to start preserving these cultures and taking these artifacts to museums rather than trying to make a buck off them. Taking place in 1935, one year before Raiders of the I never put that together. I didn't either. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Wow. Huh. I'll have to read this whole article. There's yeah. something on C- I'm reading the CBR article. That's yeah. what I where, where a lot of this from. So. so, but... Interesting. Someone huh. pointed out I that... I never put that together, ever. Huh. Yeah. So, while Dial of Destiny is getting hate, someone said this is the perfect book in because... The girl that's in it's trying to make the buck using Indiana Jones to get the Dial of Destiny. But he's trying to instill in her there's something better than just trying to make money off this. Uh, okay. All right. So, I, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I think Dial of Destiny is going to be a Disney Plus one for me. I'll, I, I'll watch it when it comes out. But it's already been out for a little bit. How's it doing? Is it doing, is it doing okay? Because no. the only thing I know is that what else came, uh, that Sound of Freedom, Sound of Freedom is dis- destroyed it at the box office that's first week yeah and well i don't know i think the only thing making money this summer is barbie and oppenheimer barbie okay. are you gonna go see it? what is it what is it about barbie that people are into what what what's so special about this movie that people are like yes this is incredible is it a funny movie is it uh, yes so kaylee and my mom went and saw it okay um, what, what is it about it that's making it stand out it's it's a lot of dumb humor Kaylee said it was so dumb, but it was one of the funniest movies she's seen. Really? Yeah. But there's this whole trend of guys like us going to see it. Like they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go. Like they're hiding the fact that they're gonna see it, but they're you know, I'm here to see Oppenheimer, but they're dressed like Barbie or something. They're dressed like Barbie pink clothes or something like that. I I don't know. the The marketing for it is: if you love Barbie, you'll love the movie. If you hate Barbie, you'll love the movie. I can't imagine a world I live in that I'll ever watch that movie. I, I have no desire to ever see this movie. Ever. I, I am curious. I am curious no, about it. I can't. I can't. I, I, can't. I, I will go see Oppenheimer first. That's for sure. But I really wish. What's the best IMAX theater? That, what's an IMAX theater that you go to? Do you go to IMAX theaters? Just, you just we don't usually see them in IMAX. No, but doesn't that, doesn't that movie look like it needs to be seen in IMAX? Yes, but I'm hearing they're having a lot of problems with the IMAX. Because oh, it's, why is that? It, it's on reels still because it's actual um, film. Yeah, and the movie's so long that the they the machines can't handle that much film, and so it's hmm. the machines are breaking down mid movie. Oh no! Oh wow! I want to see Oppenheimer. I really do. I really do. Yeah, but that, I do that'll too. be a match before you know it too. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I I, I want to go see so many movies. We just don't go. We just don't ever get a chance to go. It's yeah. too busy. Oppenheimer looks so good, though, it right? Does. Doesn't that look great? Who does who does uh, Robert Downey Jr. play in that? Do you know? I don't know. Because these are all real people. These yes. are all real things. And I, I looked up the book that it's based on, and it sounds like the book is incredibly hard to get through. Yeah. Is what, what I read about it, as far as, like, actual user reviews of the book. Because um, I saw a clip of uh, Nolan on something where he said this is – they were talking about why did it all of a sudden make a movie about where do you get your inspiration to make your like when you choose to make a movie why this one and yeah. it was because of this book that he mentioned and i automatically went to go look it up and man the reviews on it just they're like it's 
good, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's ex- like 700 page book or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, good lord. I don't know. There's some great memes coming out of it too. Oh, what's the what are the what's the hot meme about op? Oh, here I'll tell you the name of the book. It's right here. Hold on. Okay. Right. Um, give me one second. American Prometheus: The Triumph and Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Hmm. Yeah, take a look at it. I mean, you you get through books pretty quick. Yeah, and it, it's of course the inspiration for the major motion picture Oppenheimer. Um, now, mind you, four and a half stars is the average rating, but man, a lot of even like people that were ripping it were also giving it five star reviews. Like yeah. they're like, yeah, no, this is amazing, but it's also so freaking long. And yeah, he's so the the it's like a almost like a George R. R. Martin book where he gives you too many details. Yeah, like stuff like that is what they're ripping about. Gotcha. All right, here's this here's this first one I got pulled up. Japan just banned Oppenheimer. That's fair though. I guess they already saw the movie. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I, I think I sent that to you. <laughs> I think I saw that one. I think I saw that one, yeah. Uh, there was another one I have. I don't know if I can find it. I have so many stupid memes on my phone. <laughs> Hold on. I'm pulling up a image search here. <laughs> Seven-year-old me after peeing on an anthill. It's <laughs> a picture <laughs> of Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, God. The other one was, uh, it was about Barbie. Oh, here it is. Barbie's toy was first made in Japan and released in America, while Oppenheimer's toy was made in America and released in Japan. <laughs> oh no! No! Oh no! Uh, it's so wrong, but I still save it and send it out to everybody. Oh my goodness! Uh, I became I became something I can't read. I became bid destroyer of bears. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Here you go. This one. You'll like this one. Nuke. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's so bad. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah, this is so weird. Those are two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, and look at this. I survived Barbenheimer. There's a shirt that came out 2023 that has <laughs> Oppenheimer Barbie. And it's in the Barbie print. Yeah. Together. Oh, Lord. Goodness. Well, I guess you could do that. You take the kids to the movie. You got the parents head off to Oppenheimer. The kids go watch Barbie, or something like that. And then they'll have like an hour to do nothing while they wait for you. <laughs> How long? What's the runtime on Oppenheimer? Is it like a four, three-hour movie? I think so. Probably at least two and a half hours. Knowing the fact, it's Nolan. Oh, uh, let's see, three hours. Yeah, three-hour yeah. movie makes Spot sense. On. And Barbie's an hour and 54 minutes. Hour and 54 minutes for a Barbie. How, what could they possibly be doing in a Barbie movie for an hour and fi- That movie should be at the longest, maybe, maybe 70 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pushing it. <laughs> Cannot believe that. And th- now, mind you, if Oppenheimer's three hours, think about the trailers and the commercials beforehand. Yeah. You're in there for a good 345, maybe four hours. Yeah. Hell yo, whoa. Good Lord. At least you don't have to get early for seats anymore like you had to true but i like watching the trailer still yeah, i still I, like watching commercials i, I, do. I gotta see nicole, i gotta see nicole kim in with an amc commercial one more time I swear to the lord <laughs> i to change that up i i like previews to a to a point like i give me the yeah. early trailer but don't give me like the ones right before the movie comes out so robert Downey jr plays lewis strauss from your from your remembering your history can you remember who lewis strauss was no i don't either 
I do know that Emily Blunt plays Kitty Oppenheimer, so I'm going to assume that's his wife. But I don't know. And then Florence Pugh's in it as Jean Tatlock. I don't know who t- uh, Jean Tatlock would be. Yeah, no clue. Yeah, okay. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. And then the, not something I watched, but something I'm going to watch. I was going to see if you have you you dabbed into it yet. It would mm-hmm. be the Adam Eve. Um, I have not. Cartoon that's on a... Amazon Prime. They came out. Yep, I, and I saw they, that. They also announced when season two is coming out. I think season two is coming out pretty soon. November. Is that okay? There you go. Not too they, far. And it's a split season. They're going to do four episodes, and then oh, a couple of months later on. they'll release the rest. No, no, no! I know. <laughs> I just want to give it to me now. I know. <laughs> oh man! Holy crap! There's some people in this movie. All right, you would. I, I know we're about to wrap up, but check this yeah. out, man. Look how many people Rami Malik's in it. Yeah. RDJ, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon's in it, yeah. Josh Hartnett is in it. Uh our boy David Desmelchin, he's yes. in it. Love every, anything he's in. I love anything he that guy's in. Yeah. I don't you would recognize this guy if you saw him, but I, I if I said what he was in, I think he was in um the Snyder Zombie movie that was on Netflix, uh, the one where they're in Vegas. Yeah, Matthias Schweighofer. If you looked him up, you'd you'd probably recognize him. I wonder if he's the he was uh, the he was the comic relief guy. The, the safe cracker. Yeah, I think that's who that guy is. But yeah. Gary Oldman is in it. Dane DeHaan, Casey Affleck finally comes out of hiding for a movie. Yeah. Gustav Skarsgård. Oh, the rare Gustav appearance. Oh, Kenneth Brana, Jason Clark. This this is this has got everybody in this damn movie. Matthew Modine's what? in it. David Krumholtz. I mean, if you're in a, if you get into a Nolan movie, you're usually in like every single one after it. So I'm not surprised like Matt Damon shows up. Hold um, on, Sean Avery, as in the hockey player, Sean Avery. That can't be right. Jefferson Hall, you you'd recognize him if you saw him. That name's on. That's not a household name, but you, a bunch of saw him. You're like, yeah, I know that guy. Holy smokes, this movie's got everybody in it. It does. Good Lord. Well, it's a three-hour movie, so he needs a lot of people in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long movie. Then Sadie Stratton. She looks familiar, but I don't have a clue what she was in. She Scott. looks like a doppelganger for Jessica Chastain. In certain pictures. In certain pictures, not. Man. Yeah, there's Man. a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, no, I was just, yeah, I, that's a movie I want to see. I really do want to see. Yeah. yeah. I doubt I'll get to the theater. I'm going to assume good reviews. Have you heard good good things about it? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, Doug Verby said it's the movie of the year. Who said that? Doug Verby. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, another movie I won't be able to see. <laughs> Eventually get around to it, I guess. I still haven't seen Tenet. I still, I, did uh, you ever get around to Tenet? Tenet was good. I like Tenet a lot. And it wasn't really? a confusing okay. movie like everyone made it out to be. Okay. No. But not one of his best ones. I would I would put it there with like Inception. Uh, uh what was the space movie he did with Matthew? Interstellar, dude. No, hold on a second. Interstellar I hold in very high regard. That movie is a masterpiece. That thing is amazing. Oh, I I love that movie. I I put it right there with it. All right, here we go. You ready? Let's yeah. do it. Memento, Insomnia, the Bat. We'll say Batman. That's yeah. all three. Inception, Prestige, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet, and Oppenheimer. That's not a bad run. No, 
Where do you put Memento on your list? Oh, I love Memento. I need to go back and watch okay. it though because it's been it's, it's been, been a while a since I've seen it. Yeah, that's a, so, that's a long time. Right. Steve is so good too. Um, the, he also did the following. I've never saw the following. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah, the following 1998. Yeah, yeah never saw Insomnia. is good. I liked Insomnia. And then never saw Dunkirk, which I need to still. Um, I didn't like Dunkirk. I didn't like it. Yeah. I wish I did, but it's just not one of his better ones. It's just not. I like I like everything else I've seen though. Like Tenant. So I got so definitely Tenant's worth checking out. It is. It, okay. I mean it's like Inception. It's one of those thinking movies. <sighs> Inception, man, that's that's a tough that's that's one you gotta pay attention to, that's for sure. Yeah. But you know what? My kids watch it Inception, they got it. Tenant, two and a half hours. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Denzel's kid around. is good in it. Oh, is it Denzel Washington's kids, the main character? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. No, sorry. I'm, I'm we're dragging on here. No, so, but right. yeah, no, I don't think I really have any other homework to share. I, so. I, 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 oh, Silo. I, but you said you didn't want to watch it till you read the book. But yeah, Silo's amazing. I'll, I'll tell you that. I've really, I'm really enjoying the show. Um, I've, I've read the first part of the book. I just wasn't feeling it at the time, but I still want to go back and finish it. I, I enjoyed what I read. I just couldn't get it. Is it one it. book or is it a series? It's a series. There's at least three books <laughs> out. Oh my God. Why has everything got to be so long? <laughs> I know. In our TikTok, TikTok and clip and real society where we watch 10 second clips of things these days. Yeah. Everything's so long. Yep. <laughs> anyway. All right, man. It's been good catching up. I All know right. it's a long one. Maybe, maybe I'll have to split in two. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, but now I've been good catching up. And until uh, next time. All right. See you. See you. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, nerdcast.com. It's N Y R D C A S T. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching at Nerdcast. The intro music is The Other Side by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, a Mad Dog remix made by Madeline Tierney. This week's featured song is Drill Sergeant from Tech 9. Death, yo, death, night, set. Yo, death, night, death. Yo, death, night, set. Yo, death, night. OG, nobody but the government control me. But to my followers, I gotta keep it low key. To keep the image of a nigga that is so free. I approach heat without a father figure. I deliver grub and give a spot to parolees. Make a motif, put some rocks and regrow weed. Never no permitted for the police. I'm a co piece. I get at him at a young age. So I can have him in a dumb rage. Really combative in a numb way. Static when my tongue say, have a little fun with a gun spray. But never let a hood snipe you. And you gotta know whoever in a hood might sue. So let the good white through. The enemy, I'm telling you, the murder gotta look like you. The gold teeth, yeah, I'm a show thief, yeah, but the lead is the motif. Killing my feds, you can show B, head of the whole street, crib, put a dead nigga so deep. Killing my bread, be the trophy, bed, nigga, show Bree, blood, hella rare for the groceries. Killing my never to show grief, chair to get obese, beg and you play, give him no peace. Now flip this to music, see, got a company and find the biggest to move it. Yeah, the lyrics are stupid, but critics approve it, and people for the wicked will lose it. I'll take you real far and raise ya, put out the ill tar and sage ya. Who makes the kill art and slave ya? I am the drill sergeant major. Death. Yo, death, night, set. Yo, death, night, Drill Sergeant got the real target, make it feel hard to get the kill started. Drill Sergeant got the real target, make it feel hard to get the kill started. Take the energy to IT, Facebook, TikTok. Put your vibe on Twitter. Ain't no limit, we can buy free, make crook hip hop. And push the eyes on niggas. Lots 
Rise of foes waiting, shots your rotation to the top, ops and more hate. Lock and load nation, got the go break in your block, so drop your location. Let them know that you're a real one, emotion, you feel none. Anybody really want it will come. When you do, you gotta feel some. Never stop until the deal done, nothing but a drill, son. Talking loud is how we make this fame, the hate exchange, and no face to face is lame. Gotta slide and try to take his chain, the safest thing, to keep living, you pick his brains, nigga. Call, but the cops said, talk in the pocket, cross me, you're off in the hot set. Walking, you're not blessed, lost in the projects, cost of the foster, the pop tech. When they come in nosy, tell them you don't know me, tell them a lot of nothing really slowly. Calling you the Dobie, never expose me, and your family won't need us at emoji. You can leave with a blown mind, or confess to your own crimes. With the feds, I'm in the wrong bond, that'll put my ass away for a long time. So my job is to befriend the funksters, get them living foul till they deep in the dumpster. Drill sergeant, I lead friends to undergraves and penal systems, I feed them the youngsters. Death, yo, death, night, set, yo, death, night. Real target, make it feel hard to get the kill started. Real target, got the real target, make it feel hard to get the kill started. You got the dream.